When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. I'm joined today uh, by InsideTexas.com publisher, Eric Nolene. Uh, Eric and I today are going to do our weekly segment. Uh, it's called uh, State of the Program. Uh, we talk about everything to do with uh, Longhorn Athletics, football, uh, and recruiting as well. Uh, today, we're going to start, though, uh, by taking a, a look, a quick two- or three-minute look at the basketball team, which is now 12-2 and two after a weekend win over uh, – excuse me, after a uh, weekday win over Kansas State and a weekend win over West Virginia. They're 2-0 and oh in conference now. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Yeah, uh, I'm probably not the greatest guy to have on for basketball, but it's nice to see the, the guys winning. Um, the, the only way that that beard style is going to work is if he does win, because, you know, I think a lot of uh, the concerns that some fans had that, you know, want entertainment value uh, when, when he was hired, you know, know that beard doesn't necessarily provide that. But, you know, I'm just glad to see them winning. That was a good win uh, versus West Virginia. Anytime you can beat Bob Huggins, it's a good deal. Uh, and then, you know, go get a win on the road uh, in Kansas State, even if they had their COVID problems. You know, who cares? You got to take advantage of it. That's exactly right. I mean, they have their own issues. Andrew Jones was out with, with, uh, with, uh, due to the protocol uh, this week uh, as well. Um, Double-digit wins are not easy to come by in the Big 12, uh, and the Longhorns have had a couple now, I believe. Um, it, it appears, just from look, the looks of it, three guys are starting to, to assume a, a larger role and maybe the key role. Marcus Carr, the transfer from Minnesota, Timmy Allen, the transfer from Utah, and Dylan Disu, his addition – uh, has really uh, helped the Longhorns uh, of late. Uh, Carr and, and Allen uh, scoring, uh, leading the scoring at this point. Um, you, you look at Texas, and, and the reason I wanted to bring up basketball is is it's kind of the it has to do so much with the transfer portal, which is one of the reasons I want to talk. What one of the things we want to talk about in, in football, right? The thing about basketball is you can totally remake your team with three or four players. Sure. or even one or two sometimes. Football, other than maybe quarterback, you're never going to totally remake your roster just via the portal, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's just a pure numbers game. Uh, it, you know, a, a point guard in basketball like Marcus Carr is going to dominate the ball like a quarterback, except, you know, tenfold. <laughs> He's going to have all the possessions and, and, and run the show. Uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot easier to make a quick turnaround in, in, through the portal via basketball and football. Yeah, I mean – the Longhorns so far have already gotten two kids from the portal or two recruits from the portal. Quinn Ears, the quarterback that everybody knows. Uh, and then also um, Ryan Watts, defensive back from Little Elm, is transferring in from Ohio State as well. They've, they're after a couple others. Uh, one of them kind of caught us by surprise, and that's a safety out of Central Michigan. Tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, Devonnie Reed is originally from the Detroit area, Belleville High School. Uh, not the same Belleville here in Texas, uh, the famed Bramus. Um, 
he's a you know he 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 arrived at uh Mich- at central michigan at a time where there's a lot of upheaval they went one and 11 his first year brought in a new coaching staff and he assumed a, a leadership role uh, i think that leadership role he's a three-year team captain appeals to the, the, the this current coaching staff at texas when they do their homework uh, but what really appeals to them is the fact that he's sort of a downhill enforcer from the back end and bobby something you mentioned a lot during uh during the season and you know we've a lot of us noticed as well is that they missed uh, that safety uh, coming up and in, in run support. Uh, you've got to be able to close close uh, quickly on the ball, get them as, down as close to the line of scrimmage as possible. Uh, you can't let those leaky yards. Uh, uh, you know they gave way too many of those this past year. Uh, you know you have to be that fail safe in the back end, and the the, the 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 faster you come downhill with more assertiveness and, and tackling ability. Um, you know, that's, that's what they're missing, uh, I think, out of the portal. And, and you don't want to trust on a uh, trust a true fresh, freshman to come in and do it, even though Brian Allen's coming in and he fits that role ideally. Um, you know, you might want to bridge here uh, to that. And I, I know some have seen that, that uh, Reed led, uh, I think he was up there in the country with missed tackles. Part of that's a product of, of getting the plays that a lot of guys might not have otherwise. It's like a shortstop that comes up with a lot of errors. Uh, a lot of guys would have just given up a base hit there. Uh, he's at least trying to get downhill and make a play. Yeah, I, I looked at and um, I'm not sure the total tackles, but one game this year he had 15 tackles. Yeah. So he he may miss a lot, but he he's actually getting a lot of opportunities to their three-year team captain. That's impressive. Do you have a feel really for who the competition is for him at this point? No, you know, once he entered the portal, it, he, he was uh, immediately popular. It's kind of a, a new thing with the portal entrance to not really post their their uh, offers, I think that they're, you know, kind of over that whole uh, high school uh, game that, that the, they like to play. They kind of, it, it's a, to me, it's a sign of maturity of what happens when you get, come to college in general. Uh, but he did receive uh, immediate offers from Colorado, South Carolina, I believe, uh, and Texas. I'm not sure who else he's picked up, but I know that he's a priority for the staff. They see him as, a, as an integral piece that they were probably missing this past year. And as they try to instill continuity um, uh, between, you know, the, the, the secondary and, and the front end, uh, they want some experience back there, and they're, they're kind of lacking that. Uh, and, and also bringing in, you know, with all the new guys coming in, uh, his sort of leadership that he's used to, that leadership role that he's used to taking, I think is going to play well with all the, the I think, 10, 10 high school guys that are coming in. Um, if you're going to bring in all these new key pieces and, and new parts, uh, you need some leadership coming in, uh, and I think that he would provide that if they can get them. It's interesting that you, you mentioned that. So one of the things that's playing a role here on Devonnie Reed and some other guys that we need to mention is the timing of when Texas actually starts school, um, right? That when, when people enroll, because that could be different at Texas than somewhere else in the country. Uh, Texas, I believe, starts back the 17th. Is that correct? Uh, some, I think, there? Yeah, I think that's when they register. I think first day of classes are actually the 18th. Um, they, the team will come back on the 17th, and I think the first day of workouts is the 18th. So I think it's all tied pretty much on the same calendar. Gotcha. And, and what's interesting about that is some schools are starting this this coming week. And so if a guy like Devonnie Reed wants to go somewhere else, he may have to do that before he ever gets an opportunity to to visit Texas. Uh, he can visit within seven days of enrollment, I believe, uh, during the dead period. So that would put Texas around the, either the 10th or 11th when he uh, could make an official visit. So that's that's just something to watch. Um uh, so that one that one comes what you're talking about comes into play with Isaiah Nayer. Right. Uh, That's what I was leading out, to. Out of Wyoming. You know, he's he's looking at Tennessee who enroll. Uh, they start classes uh, later in January. Um, so it, it's almost like if he doesn't enroll at Texas, he's probably, you know, destined to go to Tennessee just because he's running out of time. Uh, so I think he's going to USC this week, uh, which starts uh, sooner than uh, than Texas and then Texas 
which starts in the middle of them. And then Tennessee uh, is, is last out of those three uh, as far as starting classes. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of, like I said, um, when I wrote that they need GMs in, in college football, there's just so much more to balance and figure out. And there's just so many more moves on the chessboard than there used to be for these coaches to account for. Nayar um, works out with margin hooks up in Dallas, originally from Arlington. Uh, Lamar uh, had a, a tremendous year for Wyoming, averaging right at 20 or 20 yards plus a catch. Um, like that, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just ridiculous. Uh, and he has become, while Texas has passed on a couple of other receivers in the portal, they have not passed on Isaiah Nayar. They are uh, fully involved, uh, as, or at least as involved as they can be there. Um, you know, Eric, the other person that they went after so far that we know of in the portal is Jared Verse, the defensive end out of uh, Albany, uh, University of Albany. But we're told uh, that it, Texas just got in too late on that. Is that that's what you're hearing as well, right? Yeah, I, there's, I haven't heard much positive uh, from that that development. You know, he he doesn't really care where he goes. He just wants to go to a place that has a track record of development at the position. Uh, Texas didn't really cover itself in glory uh, this past season, but you know. I, there's ways to sell that, but you have to come in early and be one of the first and, and sell the development and, and the, uh, the, the possibility to play immediately and make an impact for these guys. A lot of these guys are mercenaries. So the, the sooner you can get in the ear and beat other schools to the narrative, the story that you want that guy to understand, uh, the better, you're, the, the better off you're going to be. Same in recruiting. I mean, it's, right. you know, there's no, di no difference um, to see what resonates. Right. So the question I have for you next is um, I, I talked to Jerry at length about the Under Armour game and practices did you have any before we go into your your ceiling of high low a ceiling and floor discussion that i thought was great over the weekend that's where i want to end up this discussion today did, did you have any uh large thoughts i guess is the best way to put it uh on coming out of the all-star game uh week with uh, the unarmor game I think, you know, I read your piece on uh monday i believe it was and uh, i think we all pretty much saw the same thing you know um the guys that Texas had there, you know, <laughs> I told I told our readers I was just happy to be talking about this many players in, in that in that loaded of a game. It was just an absolutely loaded, star-studded game, uh, and Texas didn't didn't only have a, a number of participants, but they all fared well. I thought, um, you know, they're all by this time I'm, I pretty much have a good idea who all the in-state guys are. You know, we've been doing homework on them for two years, so nothing really surprised me there. I, I thought that that Finkley had a fantastic week, uh, and I was already high on him for the the floor aspects of his game as we'll talk about, but I think he showed that ceiling to be a lot higher uh, in the past week as well. So I, you know, he, he's, he's the guy that can come in and play immediately. I think, especially as an early enrollee. That's a great segue um, because uh, you ranked your um, ceiling and floor prospects. And for people, uh, explain to people um, what that really means to you. When you talk about ceiling and floor, because not everybody that listens to this is going to be a football aficionado. So try to give them an understanding of what you're talking about. Ceiling is going to be based on the, pretty much the overall upside of the player. Uh, when you when you account for the factors that he has that are uncommon, whether it's size and athleticism or a combination thereof, uh, and, and ending up in the right scheme. Uh, what I used as a, as a good um, uh, example in that, in that thread was that Mac Jones would have arrived at Alabama as a floor player, as a guy that comes in and you might think he holds a clipboard for a couple of years. Uh, but then because you put him in Sark's, uh, you put him in Sark's scheme, you give him time to, uh, to develop over time and you surround him with weapons. Now, all of a sudden we saw a much higher ceiling than we ever would have thought. And he becomes a first round draft pick. So 
Now imagine if you put like the ultimate ultimate quarterback prospect, which maybe Quinn Ewers is, at least at least that's how the network saw him as the number one uh, quarterback in the nation, number one player in the nation. And then you, 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 you account for the similar floor that Mac Jones had, but he has much better passing traits overall. Now his ceiling is higher than Mac Jones ever would have been coming out of high school. Uh, but now are you going to surround him with the same players? So ceiling is when all the factors merge together in harmony. Uh, and the player maximizes. A floor player is a guy that's going to maximize on his own, whether or not he's surrounded by good players. He's just got that inward drive, high football character, not to be confused with uh, being a choir boy uh, and making straight A's, but a guy that cares about football. Uh, a guy like Jamon Tapp might have higher football character than, than any of us realize just because the game means that much to us. Um, not a lot of us would call, maybe say Ray Lewis is a high character guy, uh, but he's got a high football character. You know, would anybody dispute that? So then those floor guys are going to maximize. They're going to do the extra work. They're going to develop uh, a lot of times on their own. Uh, even if they're not putting in a, in a fortuitous situation, they're still going to reach their, their ceiling. Uh, and then, you know, there's a lot of those, a lot of what we can account for is the, the cerebral aspects of football. I'm not, I'm not a good enough evaluator to, to nail that. Um, you know, it's, that's the hardest part. NFL uh, uh, general managers spend millions and millions of dollars every year trying to figure that that aspect. So, just because I have a guy as a floor, it's not a slap in the face. To me, it's more of a compliment uh, that they're going to do what it takes to maximize uh, and reach their full potential. And then let's not get it twisted. A lot of those ceiling guys are floor guys as well. Yeah, this, and that's really what I was going to talk about. This, interesting. You're not, and this is where I wanted to go. You mentioned Justice Finkley. I thought he had a great game uh, and showed that he could compete at that level with some pretty good players. You ranked him your number three floor player at Texas. Um, behind only Terrence Brooks, the cornerback, whose mm -hmm. dad played in the NFL, right? Mm -hmm. So he's he's got them, and Kelvin Banks, uh, the yep. offensive lineman out of Humble. So those three players you ranked as your top floor players, Finkley just, he immediately comes to mind when you think about that. What was impressive to me, and, and so does Terrence Brooks, because he's got that NFL pedigree, right? Mm -hmm. yep. His dad's played it. He, you know he's going to be well-coached. You know he's probably already a better coach than most uh, are going to be, so he has a high floor. But you put Kelvin Banks in there too, which which surprised me. Yeah, well, I mean, Banks to me is going to maximize. He's got you know he's got all the physical attributes, the the ability to bend, the athleticism, the the, the ability to play with low pads, even though he's you know six five ish. Um, and, and he, but he comes off the ball and he improves each year. Uh, that tells me he wants to be great. I think his upside is up there, but I think the floor. Uh, I think the floor is there as well. When uh, when I went to his All-American ceremony, about five or six coaches took the time to get up there and talk about him. Uh, they were fighting for the microphone to, to sing his praises. And a lot of that was about team leadership and work ethic. Uh, and when you get that in, a, in somebody that's as gifted as him, you know, that floor is extremely high. Even if he doesn't maximize, he's still going to be a damn good college football player. On Terrence Brooks, uh, uh, one of the things that raises any player's floor is versatility. And so even if, if cornerback doesn't work out for him, like, like we would hope, because that's the, that's the more primary position than, than safety or nickel, um, he still has a high floor because he's got, I think he's going to be an NFL DB no matter what. To me, the question is, what, what position is he going to end up? Uh, but he's also a ceiling player, which we might talk about a little bit later because of that length, uh, physicality, uh, the, the ability to play uh, multiple positions adds to the ceiling as well. Uh, maybe he's an NFL safety uh, an all-conference college cornerback, you know, so his, his ceiling could be different in, in, in the NFL than it is in college. But Finkley, I think he has compensatory traits uh, for that lack of length that we all know, uh, have, have all recognized. Um, length shows up when you, when you get beat to the punch, but his quickness off the ball and his tenacity 
helps him get on that offensive lineman in, in ways that Byron Murphy mitigates his length. He's so quick off the ball, uh, and his play strength is there's just not a, a lot for an offensive lineman to get their hands on. They're you know they're moving, they're spinning, they're swimming, uh, and that quickness coupled with all of the movement skills and the quickness and, and the, the tenacity and the motor. Um, you know, at the end of the day, that guy's got that offensive lineman's going to get his ass whipped, even though he's got a much better reach. Rounding out your top five in, in, the, in the floor category. So the guys that are already going to likely be good on, on the way in the door, right? Um, Chris Ross, uh, number four from North Shore, the defensive tackle. I think it's interesting, your four and five picks. The other is B.J. Allen, the safety out of Alito. Those are your four and five. Chris Ross was the Houston Touchdown Club Defensive Player of the Year. He definitely showed it on the field. Mm-hmm. And then B.J. Allen is a two-time All-State uh, selection at Alito. So I, I see where you're going with that kind of thinking, right? Um, right after that is Brennan Thompson, a young yeah. man who's, again, proven it. Uh, he's one of the fastest kids in the country. So I, I think I understand where you're going. Is there anything in particular, though, that had you rank Ross and Allen up there other than just their on-field performance at this point? Yeah, I mean, they're going to – I think they're going to work extremely hard. Um, you know, uh, Allen, you know, lives, eats, and sleeps football. He's played a ton of it at Alito. Uh, he's going to be an early enrollee, which always uh, is, is sort of a positive selection bias for these guys. It shows that they want to get to school and they're ready to work. It, it shows some maturity in it. Terrence Brooks is an early enrollee. Uh, it's not always a negative sign, uh, but more often than not, it's a positive sign when they when they do enroll early. I, I think, uh, you know, I think Ross has so much untapped potential that even if he only maximizes half of it, he's still going to be an all-conference sort of player. He's, he's extremely athletic. But now I, I'm, I'm wondering why he wouldn't maximize. You know, North Shore has had some guys that, that came out of there that were kind of iffy. Um, but to me, the fact that they made it as far as they did speaks to what John Kay is doing at North Shore. That's a hard-nosed program where guys buy in and do the right things or, or they don't play. They'll sit in the, in the state championship game, as we saw with Zach Evans. Ross is kind of the antithesis of that as, as a team leader as, and, uh, you know, just consistently productive and a high motor to go with that raw athleticism. Yeah, the only thing I could see see wrong with Chris Ross from watching state championship is he played a little high. Yeah, but but athletically he was. So, yeah, he's got a. He, there's there's some projection in there, and usually floor guys don't have as much projection. You know, he's going to have to weigh 25, 30 more pounds, and then you wonder about the movement skills. But again, I think he has some versatility too, where um, you know it's potential with the the way PK likes to use his his uh, jacks on the outside. Uh, they like that that bigger guy. So if 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 one of those if they're feeling a little small at, uh, outside, they can always move Ross out there, similar to how they did with Alfred Collins this year. Is that athletic? Now let's flip it around and talk about the the ceiling guys. These are the guys that you think could possibly be high draft picks, right? If they yep. reach their 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 essential thing. What I thought is you had number two, you had Kelvin Banks as number two on the floor, but you had Banks number one for ceiling. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard for me to uh, to see him being, uh, you know, the first left tackle taken in, in four years or so. Um, you know, the top that's a top five pick more often than not. I, he has that ability. He's got the the athleticism, the the flexibility. Um, 
he, he's a good run blocker already. Uh, obviously, there's all kinds of things to iron out, you know, but the fact that I have him as a floor also raises his ceiling. <laughs> you know, the, that I, I, I expect him to maximize and that increases his ceiling quite a bit to me. So I, I think he's a self-starter. Uh, I think he does have leadership qualities that you don't always see. Uh, I think he's gotten nastier over time. Um, and I've always been high on him. I had him as a, as a pure left tackle before the season. And I think um, his stock only rose uh, with the, with what he put out on the tape this year, but Bobby's being in that, being in that room with his coaches talking about him. That's what you want to hear. There's I've been to a lot of those ceremonies where they're looking for somebody to, to, uh, to introduce the kid and here they were fighting over the microphone, you know, getting in line to talk about him uh, and, and not just how good he is and all that, but, but the type of teammate he is and the type of worker he is. So he's got all the, he's got all the natu natural traits. Um, I've also seen him come a long way. The first time I saw him, he was a freshman. Uh, he was at some camp at an indoor soccer facility with a bunch of kids that, you know, probably <laughs> that, that, that weren't being recruited. And he was there working. And he's just come so far. He, and he's going to be 6'5", 315 pounds with damn near a six-pack, too. I mean, he's just – he's how you draw him up. Gotcha. Interesting, I thought, who you went with for two, three, and four um, in this in the ceiling. You went with three guys that, frankly, you know, I can see why you did. Um, Jure Bledsoe out of Marlin. Uh I, I think he's a ball of clay. Ethan Burke, the defensive end uh, from Westlake, uh, long, tall, drink of water. And then, you know, a big human, Cam Williams out of Duncanville, two, three, and four for you on that ceiling. Are those guys that you just think, wow, if they make it, they're going to make it big? With Burke, I have uh, – well, Bledsoe is, you know, if, if floor is the sure thing, uh, ceiling is projection. And that's, you know, that's what Bledsoe is. You say ball of clay, that's that's it. He's a projectable ball of clay. He's giant and moves extremely well. Uh, he's extremely uncommon movement skills uh, at his size, and that's why he's up there that high. Um, you know, he comes from a smaller school. He missed a year. Uh, he's got he's definitely got some negatives to overcome. Uh, but if he does, there's, there's you know, he's, a, he's another top five NFL sort of draft pick from a ball of clay standpoint. Uh, but, you know, wh whether or not he maximizes, we don't know. We won't know for a couple of years. Um, but he has all those, all this stuff that you would draw up in a lab. He has that. Yeah. I, I got to say this, Jerry Hamilton on his, he did the, he did the floor and ceiling same time you did. He also had Jure Bledsoe number two on his list as well, which I think tells you exactly where you guys are both thinking that he's just a rare type prospect when his when his when his video came out um it was one of those that we're all texting each other left and right who, who the hell is this kid and jerry was in the car the next day heading over to he was at bremen high school at the time to, to immediately go check him out that's how good it was he, he was flying under the radar huddle came out and we we're it's one of those you know <laughs> like if archaeologists found the holy grail we were like we were having that sort of reaction uh, in the in the text in the text circles all right uh also, you guys both went high on Cam Williams. Jerry had him his number one uh, ceiling player. You had him number four. What did you like about the young man from Duncanville? Well, one thing I'm learning about these big guys, um, you know, there's not – it's hard to beat them. If, they're, if they can move their feet at that size, it's, it's very hard to beat them. You, you can't bull rush them and, and you can't beat them inside. So you're going to have to beat them with stunts. Uh, and, and I think the, the good coaching is going to overcome a lot of the negatives that, that we would have seen uh, hinder these guys in the past. Whereas, you know, Tope Amade came out, he was gigantic. He didn't move his feet anywhere close to like Cam, Cam Williams does. It, what, what's amazing to me, and um, I think I had him on the floor. I think I put him on the floor list too. I did. You did. Um, is that he's already pretty damn good at pass protection, which is, you know, kind of unheard of for somebody that's, you know, almost 6'5", 350 pounds. Uh, but I like the fact that he's, he's dropping weight. Um, you know, it's where 
I've seen some guys in the past where I know that, you know, once they left high school, they were going to blow up and never, well, never going to hear from them again. Um, he's, he's, he's turning in the right direction in that regard, but he's just giant and he moves well. I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's not, this isn't hard math here. Um, once he, once he learns to match uh, the physicality of his opponent, I think he's going to be, be really good. Um, this is how, again, you know, the fit helps out here. This is exactly what flood is looking for. So now you got your guy, go do work with him. Gotcha. Um, I want to mention at number nine, um, on your ceiling, you had Jamon Tapp, young man out of Donaldsonville, who's playing at the Army All-American game right now, or the U.S. Army, or U.S. Yep. All-American game in San Antonio. He took reps. He's a defensive end. He took reps at defensive end, uh, defensive tackle, and safety yesterday to tell you, give you an idea of his kind of athleticism. Is that what you were seeing kind of when you ranked, ranked him number nine on the, the uh, ceiling list? Yeah, but I mean, this is this. I, I might even have moved him up, and I, I might have added him to the floor list this week. Just uh, it, it, as crazy as that sounds, just as much as he loves the game and, and the effort that he's putting forth in this setting, uh, speaks volumes of him. Um, you know, you always want the coaches to get their right fit. Like we just talked about, Flood getting that right tackle of his dreams in Cam Williams. I think this is the Buck outside linebacker that that Kwiatkowski is dreaming of. And you know, all those stuff that he's doing, you know, not. Uh, a lot of that isn't going to be asked of him much, um, but that buck outside linebacker position has to get fairly deep drops at times. Uh, and, and the things that he's doing in that camp setting are going to, we're going to see that on the football field, even though he plays outside linebacker. And then they've got him playing inside. Obviously he's way too small to play inside, but that tells you that he's got play strength and motor. Um, and Joe Cook was tweeting about how, you know, even though they're, they're playing him out of position, you're able to see him move in ways that are going to translate to the posi position he does end up at. So I think he's got good play strength at the point of attack, and then he has incredible movement skills. Uh, and he should be able to, to, to play the run and the pass uh, effectively at, that, at, a, at a need position. It's very interesting. You, you put in somebody at number 10 that I, I think raised some eyebrows, and that was Malik Murphy, uh, the quarterback for ceiling. Do you see him? I'm, I'm not saying he's Mac Jones, right? But is he that kind of developmental prospect? If he really sticks with it and keeps improving, that you see him – having a ceiling where he could end up being an NFL guy? Well, I mean, I'm cheating a little bit and using my inside information on that, you know, what the coaches think that, that he's got, he's got the potential to develop if he sticks with it over time. And I think the reason I put him on the list is because I think he has that mindset to, to stick through it and give it a serious go where he's not going to pull a cam rising and leave after one year, if he's not, if he's not starting. And that's not a, not a slide at cam. Uh, but to me, there's a self-awareness that he understands what he is. And he has, he has a long time. He has a long developmental curve. And I'm not sure that there's a better uh, coach out there for him than Steve Sarkeesian. So even if he stays two, three years and it doesn't work out with him just because there's Ewers and then maybe Arch Manning, maybe he's a lot better for his next stop after having three years in this program after working with one of the best quarterback coaches in the country. So I think that that, that to me is he, we know he has the physical traits. He's got to speed up a lot of his game. Um, but the arm is there. The ability to make touch throws with such a strong arm is what really catches my eye with him. Eric. We've seen, we, we talked about the portal, you and I, at length, all right? Um, we said that Texas, outside of Watts and Ewers, Texas still needed to get a wide receiver, an off-ball linebacker, and then maybe a safety. We, we, we see them going after a safety and a wide receiver right now. Where's the, have they offered a linebacker to your knowledge, number one? Number two, are they even going to take a look at tight end, or is that a TBD type situation, see if anybody they like comes available after the start of the spring semester. 
Yeah, I mean, if somebody becomes available for, uh, at tight end, I, I do think they'll still take one. Um, and I, you know, I don't think we've seen the last of the portal entrance for even spring football yet. So I'm not, I'm not sure entirely. The linebacker is the one that's sort of perplexing. Um, you know, as we always say, you know, you're, you're beholden to what what the portal has to offer. Um, and maybe they just haven't seen anybody that they like, but that, that one's been eerily quiet. You know, they went after the kid from UNLV that ended up at Michigan state. Um, you know, I, I, there, there seems to be just program wide, there seems to be the, the belief that, that they're going to improve a lot just through continuity and developing their players. Uh, that's a little concerning, uh, given the, the linebackers that they have to work with. Uh, and so I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Maybe they have something up their sleeve there that I don't know about. It's possible. Uh, but usually when they have something up their sleeve, I kind of have an understanding of that. And I can hint to the board a little bit as I've done with some of these other positions. But, you know, they'll, they'll land a wide receiver. I think they've got a good case uh, for this safety. Um, you know, that, that's a perfect marriage for what Reed brings to the table and what they need. So I could see that one working out in their favor. Um, but yeah, line, off the ball linebacker, which we have as one of the biggest needs in the program, has been one of the most quiet uh, aspects of the portal so far. Yeah, it, it, it almost seems like they think they have enough linebackers, but we're looking at it and like, where are they? You know, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Maybe, maybe they're moving somebody that we, maybe Jeff Bush moves to linebacker. Well, I mean, they should do that anyways, but uh, yeah, I, I, but I, I still wouldn't want to count on that. Um, you know, I, I never want to assume that I know more than these guys. Cause I surely don't. Um, and, and there's, 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 there's the possibility that they do have something up their sleeve and that they're just biding their time. Uh, I think that'll probably happen at another position or two. And uh, I don't think they're just waiting for something to fall in their lap. So either they think that, that somebody's going to come available that, but that they want, or they think that they have guys that are available. That's where they're at right now. So. Yeah, Eric, I appreciate your time today. Uh, remember Eric's Eric Nalin is the publisher of InsideTexas.com. Uh, it is your source for inside scoop, recruiting information, team information on the Longhorns. There is no better source, InsideTexas.com. Uh, also, if you're interested in watching more of these videos, please hit the red subscribe button uh, so you can get that as well. Uh, so for Eric Nalin, I'm Bobby Burton. You've watched State of the Program on, on Texas Football. Thanks. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.